the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. The following is a high-five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Uh, today's episode may be of especial interest to our one and only super producer, Mr. Max Williams, who is uh, by far, out of the three of us, the biggest sports fan. Uh, I'm Ben. Noel, would you agree that Max is, is probably leading the charge when it comes to sports? Well, yeah, Max is what you might call a, uh, a real sport head. And you're looking quite as sporty today, too, Ben, there. Uh, you got uh, what you might call a bit of a sport head going on with that dapper ball cap situation. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. This is uh, this is just one of those hats I ended up with. It's kind of like that time, Noel, you remember when I just all of a sudden had an ancient Steelers hat and I just decided to wear that on our road rally documentary. Um that was that was cool, but we learned firsthand. People in Pennsylvania have feelings about the Steelers. Yeah, they have Steeler feelings. Uh, hashtag Steeler feelings. Mm -hmm. Ben, today's episode surrounds a part of the country that, if I'm not mistaken, you've spent a little bit of time in. Uh, yeah, today is uh, today does take us to Central America, and as you know, I lived for a time in Guatemala. This episode takes us to the countries of Honduras and El Salvador. Now, these countries themselves are not the biggest countries in the world. El Salvador is about the size of Wales, for instance. Uh, in 1969, it had a population of just around 3 million people, and especially in the 60s, inequality, social inequality, was pretty severe. And so a small group of people controlled, you know, most of the land, most of the companies and so on. We're doing myth busting today. Mm -hmm, we, mm -hmm. Without, I guess we should give the log line first. Here's the idea. Here's the claim. In 1969, El Salvador and Honduras, these relatively small but beautiful countries, got in a war for four days, something called the football war. Yeah, maybe not a full-fledged out-and-out war, definitely a conflict to be sure. But the question is, did this uh, micro-war get started as a result of uh, sport differences? Yeah, and that's, so Noel, that's what we have to establish. Because if you are not familiar with this part of the world, that can sound, dare I say it, ridiculous to say that people mm -hmm. might get in conflicts over football or what we in the U.S. call soccer I mean, here, the worst you're going to get is maybe people setting some cars on fire, sure. you know, looting some targets or whatever to get their frustrations out for their team. 
uh, not prevailing in a uh, in a big game. Uh, you're going to hear me using terms like team and big game um, because I want to sound like I'm part of the club, even though I'm definitely not. I think that'll become apparent. Ben, I know you're not uh, exactly the biggest sport head in the world, but you are an expert in international affairs. So I think between myself, you, and Max, we we kind of make one whole person here. You know, we've got the max nod of approval because Max, you already you already know where we're going with part of this. Soccer fans, especially, can have a reputation. Football matters to people in a very big, deep, abiding way across the world. Right? It's it's serious, serious stuff. And just like you said, Noel, this can lead to some acts of violence. So. Here's what happens. We said that uh, El Salvador at this time in 1969, kind of small, population of 3 million. Most of the country is controlled by this small group of elites. Would you call those landed gentry, perhaps? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, just so. And Honduras also just has a small number of people controlling it socially. But Honduras is five times the size of El Salvador but it only has a population of 2.3 million. So it's more land, fewer people. And this means that if you live in El Salvador, right, and you want to have more farmland, you're going to move to Honduras. There's just more space there. Uh, So these people from El Salvador are moving to Honduras in droves, specifically to work for U.S., fruit companies, which Mm -hmm. are kind of supervillains in Latin America. Absolutely. We know other stories that have revolved around, say, what is it? The Chiquita Banana Company. Mm -hmm. Um, They essentially were responsible for a coup in Guatemala. Yes, in 1954. And also, fruit companies also got up to some dirt in Hawaii. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a pretty great Stuff They Don't Want You to Know episode about the overthrow of the Kingdom of Hawaii. We can say it's great because we are actually not on that episode. Our uh, our friend of the show, Dana Schwartz, and super producer Alexis, codename Doc Holiday Jackson, actually did that. They gave us a break. Definitely put that one in your back pocket for after you finish listening to this episode. Um, here's the thing. This conflict between, you mentioned the, the you know, the, the land mass um, disparity, I guess, between the two and the fact that a lot of folks were moving from El Salvador to Honduras. Honduran President Oswaldo Lopez Arellano didn't really care for this, um, this interloping, let's call it. And he started to uh, actually deport thousands of Salvadorans back to their home country. Why was that, Ben? Well, it's because there was a uh, there was a political tension going on. The ruling class of El Salvador had been pretty much on board with people leaving the country because with fewer people in the country, there were also fewer demands for more equality, right? But if you're in Honduras, imagine you were a person living in Honduras and you are not one of the ruling elites. You are fighting for your own land rights. You are fighting for more access to opportunity. And all of a sudden you're flooded with immigrants. This just makes your resentment grow. So the Honduran government at the time, under President uh, Ariano, as you said, the the government at the time says, "Okay, we're going to try to make things cool with the lower classes, uh, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to pass this law about land reform. But the land reform law does not apply to those elites. It does not apply to the U.S. fruit companies. It focuses on the land settled by those folks from El Salvador. Because essentially these Salvadorans are coming in and staking their claim on Honduran land. And this is no longer sitting well with the government and the citizens of Honduras. They're basically saying, hey, get off my lawn. This is for us, not for you. Right. Yeah, that's pretty on base, I would say. We know that by late 1969, the number of Salvadorans living in Honduras had actually ballooned up to 350,000. You can read an excellent BBC article about this that uh, relates 
relates the broad strokes of the story. It's by Toby Luckhurst. It's called Honduras versus El Salvador, the football match that kicked off a war. A little bit of spoiler in the title there, but not for long. We'll, we'll get to this point. So, Noel, like you said, tensions, you know, and the Honduran government is sort of selling the people a false bill of goods because they're they're focusing on these migrants, but they're not focusing on the problems in Honduras that were existing far before mass immigration. Instead, we see formation of political committees, organizations, things that would protect the interests of the ruling elite. Uh, in Honduras, the folks who own most of the land formed something called the National Federation of Farmers and Livestock Farmers of Honduras. Sounds nice. Sounds sexy. like a union. Yeah. 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 Sexy name. The whole goal is to just keep those people wealthy, by the way. Yeah, that's sort of the status quo. Uh, keep the rich rich and let them get richer. And don't worry so much about the lower class. And if you do, it tends to be a bit of a ticking a box kind of, um, you know, hollow gesture. Um, there are other things that were leading to this simmering tension because there were some territories or some areas that were in dispute there in the Gulf of Fonseca, um, which is a little body of water on the Pacific coast. This is actually shared, uh, a number of islands rather, in this Gulf are shared between the two countries and Nicaragua, which is never the best situation because, you know, ownership uh, becomes part of the equation pretty quickly, especially when people start, you know, settling and, and building lives for themselves and, and, uh, and ways of generating income. So essentially this war was uh, the, the simmering tensions that would ultimately erupt um, were as a result of these land disputes and the, you know, finite availability of land. Yeah. Yeah. And when the Honduran president makes this decision to kick out these folks from El Salvador, he does so by taking the land that they have staked their claim to. And also, he turned the population the average Honduran against these El Salvadorian immigrants. Yeah, they, they, they were like um, uh, harassing them. There were pretty regular beatings and abuses, you know, physical altercations. Um, these folks were not being treated very well. And then to boot, they were deported back to uh, El Salvador, where the president, um, Fidel Sanchez Hernandez, and his government had a really hard time dealing with this influx of folks coming back to his country uh, after they had kind of, you know, adapted to there being less folks there. Exactly. So now you have, if you're this, if you're a person in this situation, now you have literally no place to go, right? The place you lived has been taken by one government or the other, right? Honduras is saying Honduras for Hondurans and the government of El Salvador is saying, ah, sorry, this is not a keep your seat warm situation. So to be very clear, there's a technical term for this. It sucks. And yeah. <laughs> this, you can read this. Uh, you can read some more details about this in a book called The 100-Hour War by Dan Hagdorn, which covers, covers the blow-by-blow -blow of what happens here. So in the midst of all this stuff happening and these people moving back and forth across the border trying to find a better life for themselves – there is a football match. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Ben, my favorite spring cleaning takeaway is that post-clean clarity that you get where you're like, wow, how have I been living like this? Yeah, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless and Mint Mobile has phone plans for just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Y'all, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. And use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. 
$45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's a soccer game. And we've talked in the past about, I can't remember which show this was on, but we've talked in the past about how I personally believe that sports are often a substitute for war in in some and, ways. And religion, or maybe not a substitute for religion, but they can take on the same kind of evangelism in some ways that religion uh, has, where folks are so behind their team and they're the only team, you know, in the world as far as they're concerned. And every other team is against them uh, in the same way that folks, you know, kind of um, treat uh, their particular God or their particular faith. 100%. Yeah. And that's because people have such strong uh, identification with their, you know, their favorite sports teams. And in this part of the world, that kind of association is sort of times 10 what you would encounter here in the U.S. Oh, and for the record, folks, Atlanta does have a pretty great uh, soccer team of its mm -hmm. own. Uh, I don't know if you guys have gone to the games, but even if you don't care for soccer or football, uh, it's it's. It's great to go. It's great energy. It's cool to hang it out. Seems like a good time. I've not been yet, um, but I really want to. They also do this really cool thing with the local art community where every every game they have like a man of the game or something like that and a uh, electric guitar that's painted by a local artist they choose for each one is presented to man of the match. That's what it's called is presented to whoever the like MVP of that particular game um, was. Awesome. Okay. And our buddy Nick Benson, excellent artist and good friend of the show, uh, has done one of those for him. Oh, that's right. He has. Yeah, shout out to Nick. Uh, he is a good friend of ours. He also does all the art for Run the Jewels, which is yep. weird to know someone. Well, we have weird jobs, so I guess his job's not that weird. And all the art for a really cool upcoming secret project of uh, another thing that we're involved in. Yes, more to be revealed on that one. It's been so hard not to talk about it. 
But all will be revealed. In the meantime, as you can tell, fraught political tensions between Honduras and El Salvador mean that people are looking for an outlet. Yeah, and these fraught political tensions are exacerbated by the media, um, yes. which I'm not, I don't know, Ben, you might be able to speak a little bit more about the relationship between the media and the government in Central America, but it strikes me, you know, in the research for this, that maybe the government has a little bit more control over the media uh, in these countries than maybe we see here. What do you think? Um, at this time, yeah, the media is heavily controlled by the government unless it's oppositional media. I would say even more importantly, it's controlled by the people who own the outlets, right? They own the means of information dissemination. And they're, those folks, by the way, are the same folks who own like 80 to 90% of the land. So they, they have the tools to make this propaganda campaign to whip up the masses against each other instead of asking why so few people control so much. Uh, that's, that's the question that often gets dodged, right? Before we sound too revolutionary about it. Anyway, everybody is pumped. They're so stoked about this soccer game, this football game. And these countries have similar cultures, by the way. They speak the same language. Most people have the same or similar religious beliefs. And when they meet on the football field pitch, excuse mm -hmm. me, sorry, Max. Uh, Everything I know about soccer, I learned from uh, the wonderful television series, um, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Ted, no, Lasso, Ted, yeah. Ted, Ted Lasso. I know that it's all about qualifying. That's the term they use, qualifying. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the 1970 FIFA World Cup, which is a big deal apparently, is coming up that June. Uh, and the teams of Honduras and El Salvador are uh, in competition to qualify for the 1970 FIFA World mm -hmm. Cup. And this is a three-game series. Um, the first game, Honduras beats El Salvador in a 1-0 to zero victory. And then on June 15th, in a game played in San Salvador, El Salvador wins 3-0, as they would say in UK uh, football. What a ludicrous display, they would say in IT crowd, uh, which is a great episode. It's a good way to just if you're in if you're in the UK, just say what a ludicrous display, and then you're like you can just kind of fake your way through the rest of the conversation at the right. Uh, so I, I do want to go back to setting the scene though. So really, for a lot of people, if you just saw these teams meet, the people on those teams would seem very similar. The only difference would appear to be their dress, right? Their uniforms. Uh, mm -hmm. They're wearing the colors of their national flag. So El Salvador is wearing blue with white trim. Honduras wears white trimmed with royal blue. So they're kind of inverses of each other, which I think is interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And both of these games that you mentioned, Noel, uh, with the 1-0 the to Honduras and the 3-0, 3-0 to El Salvador, both of these were games that occurred like amid near riots, things that were pretty much riots were happening. Uh, there were a lot of very vociferous, vehement displays of national pride, like picture people, you know, uh, screaming the anthem, waving the flag, and then like throwing bottles and saying, you know, well, I dare someone from Honduras or El Salvador, depending, uh, to come around here. This, you know, this Honduras for Hondurans kind of vibe. And we all know the problem with uh, the term in the UK is soccer hooligans, yes, right? They have a it. bit of a reputation. That kind of behavior is occurring here as well. And what you see is that thousands of soccer supporters, several thousand from uh, El Salvador, had traveled 700 miles northwest for the final match. This is very much a Ted Lasso moment, right? This was the, the, so the two teams are tied and they have this tiebreaker game, this third game. That's where everyone is going. It's held in Mexico and the stadium is huge. You can fit like 100,000 people in there. Uh, and these folks from El Salvador, mostly from El Salvador, fill in the bottom sort of 15,000 seats of the stadium. And then back home, 
people in El Salvador are tuned into the radio on the edge of their seats. The world is watching and listening to see what happens, to see which country wins the game. Because in a way, psychologically, that feels like they're winning the conflict over this immigration problem. That's right. And this was evident even back in El Salvador, where Salvadorans were uh, hanging out and having parties, dancing even next to their radios and celebrating with this early win. Um, SI.com has a fabulous article that kind of looks at this more through the uh, sports angle um, written by Michael McKnight. Um, You can check that out. Soccer, war, nothing more. Really great title there. Um, mm-hmm. So do check that one out, too, for a little more of the, the sports angle. And at the same time, the armies of both of these nations, which are not that far apart from one another, after yeah, all. right next to each other. Right next to each other, um, are lining the borders, carrying weapons, and wearing identical uniforms? Why is that? Why do they have the same uniforms, Ben? Uh, because again, it's very similar. That's the, that's the strange, that's one of the strange parts of this story. These are two different nations to be clear, but culturally in many, many ways, these populations are similar. And I was thinking of of, of a way for us to kind of contextualize what happens next. So we're, we're in June 27th, right? They're neck and neck. They're neck and neck neck in terms of qualifying. There is a third and final qualifying match that is to take place in Mexico City. Yes. And on the day of the match, El Salvador, the government of El Salvador, severs all diplomatic ties with Honduras. Yikes. This is so here's my comparison. So this is like um, for baseball fans. I'm going to lean on you a bit for this, Max. Baseball fans, um, you're familiar with like the World Series, right? And there are, what, what's the most popular Canadian baseball team in your mind, Max? I think it's probably a hockey team. <laughs> well, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, the last standing one after the Montreal Expos uh, okay. didn't exist anymore. So Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, so imagine there is a game between like, let's just say the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And on the eve of that game, Canada severs all diplomatic ties with the U.S. That sounds a little weird, right? But that's what happened. A little weird, easy to interpret as a political flex uh, football adjacent. Yes, yeah. And the government said, we're not really doing this because of the football game. We're doing this because Honduras has not taken any action to punish all those people who are committing crimes against Salvadoran immigrants. All those beatings, all of those abuses that we talked about, they are claiming that this act was as a direct result of the government of uh, Honduras not doing anything about those actions. Mm -hmm. And apparently this treatment accelerated as the games went on. And the problem got so bad that the interior minister said, around 12,000 Salvadorans had left Honduras after that second soccer match because of the wild persecution that's occurring. Uh, The day after the game, you'll see a U.S. news agency called UPI. Uh, They publish a story with the headline, Soccer War, One by El Salvador, Three to Two. That's right. It's a legacy um, media outlet, United Press International. Don't really hear that one thrown around quite as much anymore, um, but they are still around. But you got to imagine, Ben, I mean, if the Hondurans were messing with the uh, the Salvadorans before this football adjacent tension erupted, uh, I can imagine that it really would have been exacerbated by this. Yeah. And there's a question here. Uh about how much of a role the media had to play in this. According to that UPI report, at the third game, there were almost 2,000 Mexican police who were there to stop the violence as Salvadorans are chanting, murderers, murderers from the stands. And so the world media started to think, this was a war that was due to soccer. But a lot of experts looking back say, this war would have happened or this conflict would have happened 
regardless of the game. It just maybe sped things along. Well, it didn't help much that uh, UPI coined the the soccer war in their headlines. They literally referred to it as soccer war won by El Salvador three to two. Uh, So that was the outcome of that game there in Mexico city. People lost their minds. These border skirmishes got worse and worse. Like you said, in the days following that uh, upset. And as a result, the border between El Salvador and Honduras was closed with these skirmishes taking place uh, more and more frequently. Yeah. Uh, they had also seen this in the cards early on. They felt they felt a growing tension in the wind. As a result, both governments had been actively increasing their military might for a while. At the time, there was a U.S. arms embargo, so they couldn't buy all the toys they wanted. But they did find other ways of getting hardware. And a lot of it, like they were purchasing old World War II stuff. Right, like vintage fighter planes, like uh, F-4U Corsairs, uh, P-51 Mustangs and all of that. Where do they get these uh, marvelous toys or whatever it was that the Joker said in Batman? Uh, From private individuals. (laughs) who had these in their collection, which I guess is a thing. Um, By the way, great reporting on this from thoughtco.com. Kennedy Hickman wrote a really great piece for them called Latin America, the Football War. Also highly recommend giving that one a full read. So like we said, things are escalating. uh, And early in the morning on July 14th, the Air Force of El Salvador started doing strikes against Honduras, hitting these targets. And this is when things kind of get past the point of no return. Border skirmishes, okay, maybe things can settle down a little bit. Once you start actively, you know, doing air attacks, airstrikes on uh, a neighboring country, it's a little tough to roll that back. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. 
obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. Yeah, exactly. The troops are also on the move. They're going after some islands that are owned by Honduras and they get into conflicts with the army of Honduras, but the army of Honduras is smaller and the Salvadoran troops as a result are able to advance pretty steadily. On the flip side, the Salvadoran air force got absolutely waxed by the Honduran air force. Uh, So think of it like El Salvador is starting to control the land and Honduras is starting to control the sky. This is where we introduce a Polish journalist. I'd like to apologize for pronunciation, just in case. Rizard Kapusinski. I think that's close. Yeah, excellent job. Yeah, thank you, man. So this is one of the reasons he's important. This journalist is one of the few foreign correspondents who is on the ground when this conflict begins. That's right. And according to some of the initial reports that he filed, he described the conflict in the Honduran capital, uh, which, by the way, is one of my favorite uh, named capitals in the whole world, Tegucigalpa. It is fun to say. He reported the conflict there using the country's only teleprinter machine. And this is after President Lopez Arellano communicated with his ambassador in the United States about the invasion. Yeah, and he would go on to write a book called The Soccer War, which is is kind of a, a recollection of his life and times during that conflict. And in this book, if you read it, you'll see weird, interesting references. You get a real snapshot of the tension and the effectiveness of the propaganda that was being spread. He would see graffiti that says... Nobody beats Honduras, and we shall avenge 3-0. It's interesting to wonder what Ted Lasso would have made of this. Oh, he would have said some pithy, you know, aphorism of some kind. Everyone would have shaken hands and gone home, you know? You know, back in uh, back in the States, uh, we like to say uh, it takes a little shaking to make a milkshake. It's true. Uh, it's true. <laughs> and uh, believe. Um, so it's, it's understandable why this football war, soccer war narrative was so easily fed. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the graffiti, you know, the whole we shall avenge narrative, uh, specifically referencing the soccer game. So it's definitely, it's kind of a chicken or egg question. I mean, I I kind of think that the uh, egg lies with the media, but also, I mean, these tensions were real separate from the soccer match. And then the soccer match just kind of added fuel to those already simmering fires of resentment. So Honduran aircraft hit back and hit El Salvador oil facilities um, and other depots, which caused some real problems in the supply chain and in getting, uh, you know, much needed fuel to the front lines. So their network of infrastructure was really, really badly um, affected. And the Salvadorian uh, offensive started to kind of slow. um, And eventually they couldn't go on. Right. Yeah, they got bogged down. And during this time, on July 15th, the OAS, Organization of American States, they get everybody together, they convene an emergency session, and they agree El Salvador needs to withdraw from Honduras. The government of El Salvador, they're in the capital, San Salvador, uh, say, we're not going to do this, we're not getting out, we're not stopping the beef. We're not squashing the beef or squashing the soccer ball here unless you can promise that there will be reparations paid to all the Salvadorans who were displaced and uh, additionally, any of our folks who are living in Honduras, they can't be harmed. And it's true. I mean, the the actions taken against Salvadorans at this time was pretty, pretty gruesome. So. The OAS says, okay, let's work through this. And they are able to just three days later officially arrange a ceasefire on July 18th. And on July 20th, the ceasefire actually goes into place. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about this, trying to harp back to the episode we just did. But if you think about this, you know, this 1970, 
1969. This is, this is a straight like land grab. That's exactly what, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other things, but it's basically about land. This is against the Kellogg brand pact, isn't it? I think it is. I think you're absolutely <laughs> so there, right. There is basis for, you know, outside organizations of being like, hey, you guys can't cause this war because you could argue this war is about, you know, the resentments, all that. But that all springs from the fact that El Salvador doesn't have enough land for their people. I mean, the reason why is debatable, but. But it also shows how pacts like that are ultimately kind of toothless and difficult to enforce because right. it's hard to pinpoint or it's very easy to dance around what the actual root cause of the war is. You know what I mean? Like uh, you can just kind of say, oh, no, it's it's about this other thing. It's a land grab. What? What's that? And this is a situation where sanctions actually seem to do some good because initially the government of El Salvador refused to leave um, only when threatened with sanctions from the OAS did they decide to do something and, and actually withdraw. Mm -hmm. And when that ceasefire went into effect, thousands of people were already dead, at yep. least 3,000 um, most of whom were Honduran nationals and civilians. They weren't, you know, they weren't soldiers, these folks. Mm -hmm. And many, many thousands more were displaced. They had to evacuate where they were living due to the fighting or the encroachment of the Salvadoran army. Eventually, like you said, international pressure, the threat of sanctions, these factors cause El Salvador to withdraw its forces from Honduras by August. And if we look at the aftermath, we see that thousands of people were killed on both sides. The Salvadoran military did pretty well, but the conflict was a lose-lose situation for both countries. As a result of the fighting, around 130,000 Salvadoran immigrants are trying to get back home to El Salvador, and they arrive in an already overpopulated country, like you said, Noel, um, and like you said, Max, it's a kind of a fight for land. And because they added so many more people to the population, this destabilized the economy. Like, things go horribly wrong. That's the takeaway. <laughs> things went horribly wrong. And a lot of people remained convinced this was about a soccer game for a long time. Yeah, that BBC piece that you mentioned um, has some really illuminating quotes from Dr. Mo Hume, excellent name, a cool who's a name. lecturer yeah, at the University of Glasgow. And uh, she referred to the domestic problems back in El Salvador that caused the war in the first place. Again, citing that small land-owning gentry and the large number of farmers who had been dispossessed of their land and said that this is something that would have repercussions, you know, well into the future for maybe decades. Um, the larger socioeconomic issues are really the whole deal here. And the football aspect was just kind of like the powder keg moment. But to your point, and to the point of many other experts, it didn't even need that particular powder keg. It just made for an interesting frame story, you know, for the press. Exactly. And Professor Hume also makes an excellent point when she says this powder keg of tension and inequality that led to the football war would ultimately cause the civil war in El Salvador just a decade later, 1979, all the way up to 1992. And during that war, an estimated 70,000 people lost their lives. So this God. is a very serious thing. It's so interesting. I mean, you think of the idea of a civil war and in the United States, it obviously seems like something of the distant past. But no, civil wars continue across the world uh, to this day. And to this day, there's still simmering resentment between El Salvador and Honduras. And there are continuously border disputes between the two nations. Yes. and. Uh, you know, I, I love the point you're making about civil wars. A lot of people aren't aware that the Guatemalan Civil War went from 1960 to 1996. Mm. So it was still very recent when I lived there. This gives us an instructive look at how war is sold to people, right? And about how easy it can be to obfuscate the actual causes of a conflict. Uh, there is a guy. We want to shout out, uh, he is 
the man who scored the winning goal for El Salvador. His name, Mauricio Rodriguez. Pipo to his friends. And Max with the facts came through and verified that uh, Mr. Rodriguez is alive. Uh, he is now 76. And he pretty much seems to agree with the three of us mm -hmm. when he says, what I am sure of is that the authorities and politicians made use of our sports victory to glorify El Salvador's image. I like the phrase sports victory. I don't I know do. why. I do. It sounds I, like it sounds like a translation from something in an IKEA store. It, it does know? a little bit, but I think it, it hits the mark. Um and 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 like you said, I mean Mauricio uh Pipo Rodriguez really sums the whole thing up beautifully, saying that for me, that goal will always be a source of sporting pride. Despite yep. the the spin the government put on it. Spin? Is that yeah. a thing you do in, in soccer? Can you put some spin on the ball? I imagine you can. You gotta, yeah, you gotta bend it like Beckham. Bend it like yeah. Beckham. How do you think do you he call bends it, it? Putting English on it. What have you heard that phrase? That's from billiards, right? It's from billiards. It's, it's when you hit it on English the top on or the bottom, I believe, and it gives it you can do a backspin. There's different types of English, but I'm gonna make my using own golf sport. also. Yeah, I think you definitely I'm, can. I'm gonna make my own sport. Uh, I think I think that's the time has come. I'm I think so. It. We need a new sport, Ben. We don't have enough of them. <laughs> Do you want help, Ben? Like, so it actually, like, you know, works well and stuff? Yeah, you know what? Shots Why not? Shots fired, Max. Shots fired. <laughs> no, <laughs> Max <laughs> taught me how to play <laughs> some dice games, so I'll follow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Max Max is an expert on game theory, which is a really important uh, aspect yes. of designing any sort of game, whether it be nerd-related or, or sport-related. And, you know, despite all of this fallout, and all of this association, football war and all of that stuff, soccer war, Rodriguez said that the El Salvador team had immense respect for their Honduran uh, counterparts. He had this to say on the matter, and this is a quote from the, that BBC piece that we've referenced. Uh, Neither from the Honduras players nor from our side were the games between enemies, but between sports rivals. You know, that's awesome. And I think that is a good place for us to land the episode today because you'll hear that from a lot of athletes. They'll say, you know, actually, I, I really like these other people, you know, who are competing with against me in the luge or what have you, uh, because they're, they're kind of like it's college. The it's called the pitch, Ben, not the luge. No, I'm talking about the sport of luge. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Max what is, is it called in luge? Is it called the tube? Yeah. The, the the slide the ice the ice slide I think I think it actually is slide oh cool I, that makes sense because you slide uh okay well, it's like an ice encrusted water slide yeah yeah which you know every kid's dream right but here we end the story and this is one of those tales that is illuminating right and it's important to remember this in the modern day because we do see a lot of reporting that appears to determine the causes for a conflict, right? And you always have to ask yourself, what's going on? You know, even today, if you look at the situation between NATO, Ukraine, and Russia, you'll see that Russian domestic media has a very different spin on things uh, compared to media in Ukraine or media in Europe. So we all have to work together to figure out what the truth is and maybe it's just because we're getting around lunchtime now, but I am so excited uh, to go see an Atlanta United game with you guys. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium is pretty swell. The first time I went there was abandoned. I went there to get vaccinated, but that place is huge. Do you think Kanye West is still living in the janitor's quarters? I hope so. I hope he is. He's like the Phantom of the Opera. I thought he wasn't Kanye anymore. I thought he was just yay. He's always going to be Kanye to me. I, I refuse to, to fall in line with that. It's absurd. Maybe it's a thing where it's like, if you're, this is kind of a Southern thing, but maybe it's the thing where it's your full name if you're in trouble. So he's like, yay, unless he tries to start a war over soccer. And then we have to be like, Kanye? More like boo. Am I right? <laughs> right. And so with that, thank you, of course, uh, for tuning in. Uh, one note about the region of Central America, the countries of El Salvador and Honduras and all adjacent countries. They are beautiful, beautiful places. Uh, visit if you get a chance. Be safe. And 
tell us of your adventures. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Mr. Max Williams, uh, and now our go-to sports correspondent. And thanks, of course, to Alex Williams, who composed this slapping soundtrack. Eat your heart out, yay. <laughs> thanks to Christopher Hasiotis. He was Jeff Coat here in spirit. Jonathan Strickland, the quizster. Surely he'll be darkening our digital doorstep uh, in the near future. Uh, and thanks to you, Ben, for getting sporty with us today. Uh, thanks to you, Noel. And I just, uh, I want to say, you know, if we were the Spice Girls, I don't know where we go with this. It's pretty clear Max would be Sporty Spice, right? I feel like Sporty Spice is the most underrated Spice Girl. She needs to give more love. Uh, let's do that. Let's honor her memory. I think she's still alive, but you know, maybe not in Spice Girl form. Uh, through Super Producer Max Williams. We love you, buddy. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. 